So if your business gets a one and a half percent multiple on sale or a 3% multiple on sale, and you've been expensing all kinds of things out, it's taking all of the unnecessary crap out of the company so that you can get a, a more true net operating income on your business. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here with you. Mm -hmm. Hey, Heather. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. <sighs> this is our Get Real Coronavirus episode. Yeah. yeah, it's real at my house. So we got the real Rona over here. <laughs> I think so, every member of my family has it. So nice. Nice. So Heather's scenery has changed. Anybody <laughs> who is watching this on YouTube. Yeah. So Heather's scenery has changed. She's shoved in a corner of her house, but mm -hmm. still sounds great. And you know, yeah. for having coronavirus, you look really good. I have like a mild headache. That's actually today's the first day that it's feeling a little better. It's been, I think since gosh, it's been almost a whole week of having like this mild headache. So I'm winning because I have had no other symptoms. And this is awesome because Heather tried really hard to give me coronavirus, <laughs> but I wasn't accepting. So. <laughs> yeah. He hung uh, out with my whole family too. We were like really trying hard. So yeah. Yeah. Kids. Like everybody was all, I mean, Lots of hugs were given. It was great. <laughs> I mean, if there was a way to give Ron coronavirus, that was it. And, that was and it. I did quarantine for five days, get tested and everything. And I am coronavirus free. So yeah, it's all those years in the military that you have such a good immune system. Fighting it off. I'm just fighting it off. Yeah. We want to do kind of a show on an, an actual property that, I mean, Heather and I were getting ready to run numbers on this property. And we said, you know, why don't we just a, why don't we talk a little bit more about commercial properties, smaller, you know, apartment buildings, and and then just kind of go through the numbers and tell guys what we look for when we look at these things. Yeah, um, I think that'd be pretty fun. Real world type of stuff because it's really interesting. A lot of our clients, we've done this for so long that a lot of our clients are starting to play in this space. You know, before yeah. we did mostly single family, and then it became single family and a whole lot of multifamily and up to four unit. And lately, man, we're just selling way more small, small apartment building up to, I mean, we've, we've also moved lots of large apartment buildings, but the fact that our everyday client is playing in this space is really cool. Fun to watch fun. them build. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. And then, you know, if we have some time, we'll maybe talk about, well, I don't know how much time we're going to have, but we'll talk about some syndications because that also comes up when we're talking about multifamily and there's some things you should look for in syndications as well. So let's just kind of dive into this, Heather. I mean, first, let's talk really quickly about the differences between, you know, one to four family and five plus, because there's yeah. a substantial difference there in a myriad of ways, not the least of which is financing, yeah. right? That completely changes mm -hmm. when you start going in anything five plus, because that now is a commercial loan. Exactly. It's no longer Fannie Freddie, or excuse me, Fannie Mac. Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae. Freddie Mac. <laughs> Fannie Mae loan. It's no longer a Fannie, Fannie Mae loan. So talk to us a little bit about the differences. I mean, I, I'll, I'll kind of chime in as we, as we go along, but there's some pretty big differences. You know, you've been looking at this for a couple of our clients and it's, it's different. Yeah. It's a different world. 
When I first had a list years and years ago, man, I'm trying to think how, how long ago it was, but it was maybe 10 years ago that I had my first commercial property I started looking at. And I, I thought, well, how could this be any different? You have a property manager, right? You're going to pay taxes. You're going to have insurance. Why would this be any different? And so it was a learning process because you have to think of it a little bit differently because you have an apartment building where normally you have a city that's coming to pick up the trash, right? And and a lot of those other expenses, you have common areas where tenants can gather or maybe a clubhouse, or maybe if it's just grass, that's all common and shared among tenants. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same really fundamentally because of those reasons just to start, right? So I have a lot of clients that assume, well, how, how hard can this be? right? It's still the same, like a four unit apartment building, which would be a fourplex. And those Fannie Freddie will finance on those for 30 year fixed. So really low interest rates. So when you get in above four units, five units and over the financing is a little difficult. So I've been working on the financing on this project today. I've been reaching out to local banks that I've worked with in this market where the property is located and saying, Hey, can you tell me what your terms would be on this type of property? (laughs) Because local banks will do a whole lot better typically than, you know, a nationwide lender. Yeah. So usually the amortization is not 30. Usually it's 20 to 25. If you're going through a local bank, down payments aren't crazy different. You can still get 20% down, 25% down. Usually the interest rates different though. I mean, you're not going to get one in the low threes right now, probably unless you're going, you know, Freddie Mac, small balance, you know, that can, but these smaller apartment buildings like we're looking at here don't meet the requirements for Freddie Mac. So, you know, they're kind of in between. So these five to, you know, whatever, whatever amount of units makes it so that you jump into Freddie Mac, which is, you know, usually somewhere around a $1.5 million deal. That's the entry point of a Freddie Mac loan. Everything below that is local lenders. I mean, there's really, there's not a whole lot else out there for them, right? Yeah. Some nationwide lenders that'll do it, but but it's not it's not a Freddie Mac loan. So your your interest rates are going to be a little higher. That said, they don't care as much about you personally. They I mean they want to make sure that you have assets and they want to make sure you make money, but they don't care how many loans you have. They care more about the operation of the property, which is why they're going to look at the numbers kind of like what we're going to do here in just a second. What we're going to try to do without showing you the numbers, right? So we're we're going to try really hard to do that. And just talk to you a little bit about a couple of of places that you should look for fraud, waste, and abuse in in these, right? Fraud, waste, and abuse. I like that. I think fraud, um, waste, and abuse is is the government term for you know being really (laughs) crappy with your money. Yeah. Well, the other thing I've seen commercial lenders ask for on these small apartment deals is experience. So I have a couple clients that want to put something like this under contract right out of the gate as their first investment property. And that even if you have a lot of money, that doesn't always work very well because yeah. they want to see that you you know what you're doing, right? This isn't your first rodeo starting with a commercial loan. So out-of-state rental properties, multifamily is helpful. So keep that, keep that in mind as well. So get some experience under your belt in order to be competitive with your getting some good terms on the loan. So... Yeah. And, and I think you need to be, you know, the next thing is, is that you, since there are so many more expenses, there are so many more things that are going on. You need to be a little bit more tuned into what's happening at your property and you, and you need to understand how to read financial statements. So if you're one of our 
business owner listeners or you know somebody who's been in the financial world, you already understand that, or at least you should. And if you don't, then you need to learn how, because you have to be able to understand how to read financial statements before you can actually make any sense of how these properties operate, That's just so from a financial standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's... Then there's management that's a little bit different. And, you know, depending on how many units you have, you may have payroll, you may have, you know, you have your own team there on the ground in addition to a management company. There's all kinds of things that are different about, you know, apartment buildings than just your standard old, you know, single family property. Yeah. I think there's so many on this particular property we were analyzing, there's so many expense line items. It was like, page. I felt like I was scrolling forever and it doesn't, they're not always that way, I guess is what I'm saying. Sometimes it can be really simple, but there's a lot of additional things to keep in mind that will go on this that maybe aren't on our residential pro forma. So our residential pro forma fits our cookie cutter model that goes onto our site. And these properties don't hit our site because we don't have yet a commercial pro forma that works to populate the numbers to be able to load up on our site because they're just longer. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. unique. The other thing too, I think as we look at this property, this particular property, it's pretty clear to me that whoever owns this or, or owned it previously, this was a part of, of a much larger portfolio. Hmm. And the reason I say that is because a, a small, a 24 unit apartment building doesn't have, I mean, what, what does this thing ha- It has, the PNL is it's 215 lines deep. Yeah. I mean, that just that doesn't happen on a 24 unit apartment building. That's it just doesn't. One. That's not what you would normally see on 24 units, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is that you on 24 units you don't usually see rubs, which is you know it's a it's it's a way to charge your tenants for utilities. It's a utility charge where you charge back the tenants because you have you know water that everybody uses but has one bill. Same thing with electric, things like that, right? So all of these utilities, you can charge that stuff back to your tenants. Yeah. And this 24-unit apartment has that, which is, you know, most of them don't. Usually it's just the, this, whoever owns it just sucks it up and pays it. That's usually what happens. And that's usually something that you can do as added income when you're looking at these. So when we're looking at these financials, we're looking for little nuggets of gold in mm-hmm. here. We're looking for things that are easily fixed that are going to make a massive amount of difference in the net operating income of the property and therefore the value of the property. Because that's one other thing, Heather, is that, you know, the appraisals are different. So the value of a single family home up to a fourplex is based on comparable sales. Well, that's not the case here. These are based on comparable sales cap rates and the cap rate determines the actual value of the property. So if, if comparable properties are selling at a 7% cap rate, then the cap rate, you, you would divide the net operating income by the cap rate. It'll give you the price or what the property should be worth. And so if you're wasting a ton of money inside of your P&L, well, then your net operating income is going to be uh, negatively impacted. And because of that, the value of your property is going to be negatively impacted. Yes. Which is obviously the case on this particular property. Yes. They're, I mean, it's pretty blatantly obvious because they have on-site management, or at least they're paying a lot of payroll expenses when you could just lock it down with a management fee because it's only 24 units. 
you don't typically need someone living on site on the property or staying there every day for only 24 units. And so it can be way more affordable for management to do it that way. If you have a bigger apartment building, that may be more effective, right? To have someone that's staying there on site. Or yeah, once you hit a certain number of units, you need on site people, right? Yeah. You have a, you need to have a team. It doesn't necessarily need to be this large. And this is the reason I say that this has got to be part of a larger portfolio. They're selling this piece off is because it has management salaries, assistant manager salaries, maintenance supervisor, maintenance salaries. I mean, quarterly bonuses, they've got you know, 401k plans and, (laughs) you know, cell phones and car allowance and all, I mean, it's ridiculous on this 24 little tiny 24 unit, all of these expenses are coming out and it's 31 grand. It's a humongous nut on a monthly basis. That's coming out of this property that doesn't need to be there. You don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. They also had some advertising fees, which is usually, you know, your lease up fee, things like that. So it's just reallocated, I guess, those funds. But but they are doing a couple things right that they're doing the utility billing. It comes up with about half of what the utility cost is on this PL. Yep. They get about half of it back. So that's decent. <laughs> if I give I mean, there's some other really fun that. stuff in here, like business gifts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean I don't know, maybe, but you know, probably not. Meals and entertainment on here, crazy stuff. Uniforms, really? I mean, uniforms, office rent. There's, you know, you don't need an office for for this stuff. I mean, the office rent's like twenty five hundred bucks. This whole section of general and administrative, which is separate and apart from payroll, is another ninety seven hundred bucks. And while there are some things in there that are legit. Holy cow. I yeah. mean, they're paying $2,500, tw- excuse me, almost $3,000 a year for software mm-hmm. for a 24-unit apartment building, which the management company should have, mm-hmm. right? So you don't need that. So these are little nuggets of, of gold, right? Because, you know, so far in this, there's at least $40,000 worth of fraud, waste, and abuse going on in here, right? That they're just... They've got all these properties, they've got all these expenses, and what they've done is they've just said, it's per unit, Mm -hmm. and here's your expense, bam, right? And I love seeing these, because if you can buy these at the normal cap rate, (laughs) well then you're going to make a lot of money when you make these changes, because you don't need payroll, you don't need all this general administrative crap that's on here. I highly doubt if this thing is done right, that they're going to spend, you know, five grand on marketing. I don't, I just don't. I don't believe that. Yeah. And then you get into the regular stuff, right? Ta- yep. u- utilities, taxes, insurance, all of that stuff is, you know, normal make readies. And, you know, they got the make readies way broken out, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. And then just general maintenance and maintenance looks like it's in line. Mm-hmm. Make readies look like it's in line. None of that looks like it's crazy. Now you've got landscaping and all these normal expenses that you would have on any apartment complex. Yeah. But they've got like $50,000 worth of just crap in here that doesn't need to be here. So So, what are they missing out on, Ron? Because they, if they are going to sell at these numbers, you divide it by the going cap rate. Yeah. And then you see what you could have, the money you could have made. Yeah. So everybody can just, if you pull out your phone and and get the calculator app, 
there's $48,000 worth of just waste in, in this. And I think we did it, I think this pro forma, we did it a 7.43 cap rate. So if you divide 48,000 by 7.43, you get somewhere close to $650,000. And that's the value add of just eliminating. So if a person bought this property and all they did was just eliminate that stuff, Mm -hmm. they've increased the value of the property. 600, almost $650,000. Do you need without to Without raising rents, without doing anything, just get rid of the ridiculous expenses. Do you need to wait for the entire year so you can update the financials to reflect that for a year? If you're trying to get cash out of it, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody, I don't know any company is going to cash out refinance you after you own it for a month or two months or however long it takes you to unwind some of the stuff. But while you wait, Make there's... Money. more in in income for you, right? So your your cash on cash return goes up. Your going in cap rate, which was, you know, I think we've determined on here 7.43, your going in cap rate just goes up dramatically because of it, right? So I call it forced appreciation. You can't do that on a single family home. You can't do that on Fourplex. fourplex. You just can't do it because the appraisers have to appraise it based on what comparable sales are. Mm-hmm. That's that's it's not like true with commercial. You get to be rewarded for how well your property performs, how well, maybe even how well you've done renovations, so that your expenses are down on maintenance, and you get rewarded for that, which is pretty cool, unique to exactly. It's less about luck and more about how well do I know my numbers. Mm-hmm. This parallels business. So if your business gets a one and a half percent multiple on sale or a 3% multiple on sale and you go through your business and you've been expensing all kinds of things out, that's why we have, you know, EBITDA, right? It's taking all of those personal items out. It's taking all of the unnecessary crap out of the company so that you can get a, a more true net operating income on your business. This yeah. is exactly the same thing. You just treat this like a business and no business owner is going to come in here and look at these fees and go, oh yeah, this is all okay. I just want to spend yeah. an extra 48 grand. We do this on ours, Heather. We were just talking about this yesterday yeah. or the day before that we yeah. need to sit down and have our budget meeting because mm-hmm. our expenses are getting a little bit out of control. It, this happens over time, yeah. but it just only happens personal. over time if you take your eyeballs off the numbers. Yes. Which, budget. If, you're, if, you're, if you're operating a really big company that owns a lot of properties, you're going to have a lot of these expenses, right? But my goodness, you need to back those things out of your financials. If you're going to sell your property, there's $50,000 worth of crap in here. That's worth another $650,000 to you on exit. And you have to do the same thing in your business if you're trying to exit it. So one question, Ron, that I think people will wonder, at what point, how many units do you think you usually need on-site management? At what point do you switch? Yeah. So it kind of depends, but you know, once you get up into, and it depends on the property, right? Some properties are harder to manage than other ones just because of the the tenant pool and things like that. But you know, somewhere around 75 to 80 units, you, you need people there. Sometimes you need them with less, but 24, no, you just don't, you don't need that. And if you had a really, really good maintenance guy and you wanted to live on site and you wanted to give him a break for, you know, on rent, for part of his pay. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it'd be okay, but you just don't need that. 
right? You don't, yeah. you don't need that stuff. We are buying a 92 unit apartment building. We'll have payroll on that, but half the payroll that they're currently paying. I mean, they have a, really? they, have a they have a groundskeeper and, and they have a, they have a landscaping contract. Wow. So explain to me, why do we need a groundskeeper on payroll that we pay payroll taxes on and have a landscaping contract? Right. Same thing. They just have bodies out there. They have five people for 92 units and you don't need that many people. Right. So we were able to find gold in that one as well, but it's just being really badly managed, really badly managed. And this one looks like it's not being badly managed. The actual property, it's probably being overmanaged. Yeah. Right. And the numbers in this spreadsheet are just, they're just astronomical. Yeah. Right. So what we're trying to do is go in and correct this. Here's how we correct it. And here's how much more value can be added. This is called a value add property. And it's a value add property without having to touch the actual property itself. $650,000 worth of value add without having to even go in and do any adjustments to the interior exterior building. Pretty easy. And yet at the same time, it just takes a little bit of time, like you said, right? This isn't like a, a flip that you go in, sell, you buy it, and then you turn around and sell it, you know, 60 days later. So this is my kind of value add because I'm kind of lazy. So. <laughs> well, I told Ron when I told him about this deal briefly, I said, you don't get this one, Ron. <laughs> yeah. some lucky clients getting because i've got my hands full anyway with this 92 unit uh, no, deal I'm doing. i'd give it and, to you <laughs> and i've got another one that's coming right behind it that's even going to be worse but both of those are actually value add we're putting capital expenditure into the properties to increase the value on the 92 unit though how we're doing we're doing the same thing with the financials there's a lot of money in the financials along with the capital expenditures that we're putting in so I don't know how much time we have, if we have time to talk about syndications at all, or if we leave that for another episode, but yeah, we can kind of, cool. we can get into them just a little bit and then we can, maybe we'll just do that on another episode in addition. Okay. Because a lot of people go into these, Heather, when you find something like this and they will do like what I do, I'll do a syndication on these, right? And a syndication is, it's a way for me to offer a security, right? So it's not, not actually the property, but a security, but without having to go through the SEC and, and get qualified. It's a way for a private placement memorandum allows me within some guidelines, I can offer shares in, you know, an apartment complex like this, usually larger than 24 units, but something like this, right? Where it's kind of like people buying stock, right? They're buying into this business that is going to either rehab or in some other way, add value to this property. And then they share in usually in the cash flow and in the upside. And they usually share in the cash flow by way of what's called a preferred return, which means if you put money in the deal, if you're a limited partner, if you're one of the people who is passively investing, you're just putting money in and you're not showing up on site and doing work, usually at a preferred return. That means you get the first money, yeah, which is the way it should be, right? People who put money in should get money. They should get first money in, first money out, right? And then they usually get some sort of piece of upside, yeah. In, in the property as well. And there's a million ways you can structure those deals. And there's a ton of them out there right now because there's so many people teaching how to do this. There's a lot of people out there who are doing this, actively doing syndications. And so, yeah, there's some things you probably should look at. We should probably do a show just on what you should look for in syndication deals. 
I think it ties in really well, though, because if you want to get into the commercial space, but maybe you don't want to spend the time or feel like you don't have the expertise, you can invest into projects like this and get part of the upside and a lot of the benefits of it without having to put your name down on the loan or without having some of the risk, right? Which is right. pretty cool opportunity. So, and you know, you still get tax, you still get the tax benefits because you, you get a, you'll get a portion of the tax depreciation. It'll pass through to you on your K one because you're, you'll be an owner, right? So you get a K one at the end of the year. And it is, it's a great way for you to be as involved as you want and learn about this. I was just talking to a, an investor couple of days ago about this, you know, and she was saying, I really want to learn. I want to learn how to do, I want to learn the process, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe I want to go do my own syndications at some point, but really I just want to understand what is involved in making this happen. And a lot of syndicators will, uh, will be happy to share more if people want to know more. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just want to park their money and say, yeah. you know, send me a check quarterly or, well, nobody does that. Yeah. You know, send me an ACH quarterly, right? Yeah. Um, deposit the money in my account and, you know, let me know if there's a problem, but most of, mostly I just, I just want money. I don't want, yeah. I won't want my money sitting in the bank earning me nothing. I'd prefer to have it sitting in a property and, you know, it's making whatever, you know, I've, I've seen people that pay 6% preferred returns all the way up to 10% and, you know, usually somewhere in between there. Right. So you can make, those are pretty good returns, you know, for having money just parked and literally doing nothing. Yeah. Plus, generally Back speaking, you get, yeah, yeah. Right. And usually you get part of the upside too, right? Yeah. So you, there's more money in, in the deal because most of those people do either do some kind of a split or they'll do some kind of a bonus payment to people who've on exit. And so, you know, internal rate of, rate of return on those is, is almost always double digits on, on, on the ones that I've seen, at least pro, pro forma out double digit cash or uh, IRR internal rate of return. So so they're pretty decent deals and you really don't have to do anything. But, you know, back to my original point, this lady wants to know. So, you know, we'll give her as much information as she wants to understand about how this is working and what we're doing at the property and, and how all that works, right? What, what's involved in, in turning something like this around? A lot of clients can invest their IRA money too, right? It's a great place to invest IRA money. You know, if you have um, non-IRA money that is coming from, you know, some kind of a capital gain, you can look for an opportunity zone fund. Opportunity zone funds are very tax advantaged for people who have gains that, they're, that they don't want to pay all of the taxes on, right? So you could look for an opportunity zone fund for that. If you're not, then yeah, you can, it's a really good place to park money from, from your qualified accounts because those, you know, while they don't need the depreciation, they also... You, you don't have any gain. You don't have any capital gain tax inside of your retirement accounts, right? And there's no UBIT tax because you're you just own a share. That's right? true. I didn't think about the UBIT. Yeah, that is nice. Well, very cool. I think we should do a whole separate episode on what to look for, how to know what you know if a syndication's a good deal or not, questions to ask. So we'll do that next. Yeah. What property questions? What syndicator questions? deal structure questions, and then, you know, things that you should probably look out for, right? There's literally a million different ways to structure one of these things. And then there's all kinds of different deals too. New construction, value add, you know, momentum plays. I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of deals out there that you could be doing and they're not all the same. I mean, one of them can look really, really good on paper, but not, it's not the same as the other ones, right? So you have to understand what kind of a, what kind of a deal it is along with the deal structure, 
you utilize that the operators the general partners in the deal so yeah that would be a fun episode we should do that for sure yeah love it well that's awesome so good good episode to give people a jump start on commercial so yeah for sure and then you know we like like heather said we don't put these things on our website so if you guys are interested in you know smaller apartment buildings then you need to contact us and let us know because you're not ever going to see them on our website we have a list of people who are looking for those actively if you're looking for larger deals we have those too and we you know those generally we just go to the few clients that we have who can pull those off right anyway if you're interested in any of that you can reach us at what's our email heather invest at rpcinvest.com i feel like yeah, Vanna White. i would have said info or something and it would have been wrong so <laughs> invest at rpcinvest.com if this is your first time dropping by you can find us at getrealestatesuccess.com you can subscribe leave us a review. We, we love your feedback. That email address, you can also hit us with questions. You can hit us with, you know, any kind of show notes that you want to hit us with. You know, if you, if you want yeah, something yeah. particular, we'll, we'll do a show on it. And so just let us know what you want. And until we hear from you, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.